Welcome to the third episode of the 4E Podcast. I'm Micah, and I'm joined again by Russell. Hey, Micah. Welcome to my home for the third time. Yeah, I think we're on a roll now, three episodes and counting. Well, you know, people love beer, and maybe they'll love us too. Well, I love us, and, and I love beer. Which brings us to our beer review, which is all about hearts. Okay. <laughs> it's all about it's all about two hearts. We each have a heart that's two, and there's a beer called Two Hearted from Bells. Yes, it is. So we're actually going to be doing a side-by-side tasting uh, because in August, Bells had released their double two-hearted ale, a double IPA, the regular two-hearted ale, as we've talked about in our first podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the the American Home Brewers Association's favorite beer, mm-hmm. uh, ranked number one for, I believe, the third time in a row. Third time in a row. And uh, so that's a, it's an IPA, and then we'll try that one and sample it side-by-side side with the double two-hearted. How's that sound? Sounds good. Sounds like a lot of hearts. Does sound like a lot of hearts. <laughs> now I've had the the two hearted ale, and a few weeks ago, uh, Russ, you were talking about, hey, if you have the double two hearted, and I was like, wow, had no idea it existed. So uh, I definitely haven't, and and still haven't. Looking forward to trying both of these, especially the comparing and contrasting of them both. Yeah, for sure. A little background on Bell's Brewery. In 1983, Larry Bell opened a homebrew supply store in Kalamazoo, Michigan, called the Kalamazoo Brewing Company. Hmm. Two years later, he began brewing his and selling his beer commercially for the first time. So 1985 is when Bells was born. All right. And it has expanded from those humble beginnings of a homebrew store to reach, uh, I believe, I was reading, it's in, Bells is available in 39 states now. They've expanded to, from their Kalamazoo brewery to a Comstock, Michigan brewery where they can keep growing and um, expanding and just making more delicious beer. And I know it's one of my favorite breweries in the area and everything I've had from there is really good, really solid, um, and just and they just make enjoyable beers. I agree. I'm pretty fond of them as well. I think I had, they, have the, they do the Oberon. Yes, so yeah, run is their their summer wheat ale. We, yeah, I I had I had some of that last month, and I Bell's is solid. Yeah, and they're just a solid craft brewer for sure. And I'm excited to uh, try the double two hearted side by side. Two hearted, as I've said before, has been one of my favorite beers for a while. It's one of the few IPAs that my wife actually drinks, and I think the thing that comes to mind uh, when I think of two hearted is balance. Um, it's a really solid balance between the hop and the malt and just a very nice drinking IPA. You don't get too much hop or bitterness or anything like that. You just get a nice drinkable balanced beer. And it's not, it's not juicy. It is not juicy. It's, um, a, you know, classic American style Mm -hmm. IPA. So it's clear filtered. Uh, it's not one of the newer new England styles. It's also not, it's not one of the five to seven years ago, the big craze and, in the West Coast style IPAs, the clear IPAs was hops and hops and hops and hops to, to try to make it as bitter as can be and, and as hoppy as can be. And this is definitely not that either. So it's a good balanced beer. I think balance is like the big thing when I think of this beer mm-hmm. and it, it just lends to its overall drinkability. So cool. Why don't we uh, crack open our 
too yeah, hard in. Absolutely. And uh, start sipping here. I'm looking at the label is very uh, fishy. Yes, they do have <laughs> ugly fish as their logo. We have these in bottles. Yes. Pouring them into glasses. Yes, two-hearted is also available in cans. Is um, it? But I don't think I've seen a double two-hearted in, in cans yet. Quick, few quick facts. The hops they use is 100% Centennial hops from the Pacific Northwest. And the name of the beer, Two-Hearted, is named after the Two-Hearted River in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. The UP. That's right. Well, it's, uh, it's cloudy. Yeah. It's a little, there's a, a little bit of cloudiness to it. It's not like crystal clear, like a West Coast style IPA mm-hmm. is. I mean, I can kind of still make out my fingers a little bit. Yeah, but I wouldn't say glass, it's, it's, it's like, you know, a hazy, like, like the Hubbard's Cave that we had in our first episode or yeah. um, like the New England style. So, yeah. Smells good. Not a lot on the nose for me, but it still smells good. It's just a little fruitiness. Yeah. Mm. That's good. Mm-hmm. I believe I have had two-hearted. I think. You weren't 100% sure when we were talking about yeah. this off off the podcast when uh, I was pitching it. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure that I've had the two-hearted now that I think about it. Okay. Because this tastes really good. Like, yeah. I, I like this. I mean, I think I would have remembered. Mm-hmm. There's just like a little bit of the bitterness from the hop and, and signature IPA bitterness mm-hmm. on like on the the finish, but most of it is you you know fruitiness. I have heard described as pine. Do you get any pine? I'm not. Notes. Yeah. No. Yeah. So the tasting notes that I've read is is most mostly pine and grapefruit. I definitely get some fruitiness. I don't know if I would describe it as grapefruit, but grapefruit is like a more bitter. Yeah, flavor. So I think that kind of pairs well. It's not too heavy either, Mm-mm. and it's not light. I like that's that's good. Yeah. So it is seven percent ABV. The packaging itself has a package on date. This one was packaged on June twenty fifth, so just about three months ago, and it says it has a shelf life of six months. I'm glad so we got it in. Yeah, we're right in the middle there. <laughs> and then they do have a description of the beer um, that, that basically is what I was talking about with uh, aromas of pine and grapefruits, and um, it does say balance with a malt backbone. And I think like the the fact that they balance the IPA with the, with the malt is really what makes it a nice drinking beer. They don't just load in all these hops and hops and hops to uh, try to get you with the hop flavoring. It's really a well-constructed beer. I think it is. I think it is too. Is this the now? Is this a beer that's almost always in your fridge? The the two-hearted. It definitely makes its way in there fairly frequently because it's a again a beer that both my wife and I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it ends up in there. This was actually something I bought for her. She had requested some two-hearted. Uh, when I made a trip a few weeks ago, and I said, hang on, let's hold on to that, because I just picked up some <laughs> double, and then we want to do this tasting. So I snagged a couple of bottles from her six-pack. Nice. And uh, using that for this tasting. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah, thank you. But it's also one where if I'm at a bar, and I see it on there, and I, and I don't really, I'm not really impressed with anything else, or I'm not in the mood for trying 
a new beer and I'm like, oh, they have two hearted. I'll just, just get that. And I know I'll be happy and I can drink. Just saddle up, have Mm -hmm. some two hearted. Yeah, I agree. That's, uh, that's good. Should we, now we've had this, should we kind of compare and contrast to the, the two hearted? Yeah, let's do that. Or the double two hearted rather. Yeah. Let's go to the double two hearted and which the label looks almost identical. Uh, but instead of it being mostly green, the t- uh, the two-hearted is mostly green. The double two-hearted still has the two fish on it, but is mostly orange. Well, regular two-hearted has one fish. Double two-hearted has oh. two fish. Oh, yes. There you go. Yes, thank you. Well, that makes... Yes, that makes much more sense. <laughs> Good job, yeah. Bells. You guys are right on the nose on that. But yeah, the packaging is pretty... Pretty similar. It's just like different color scheme, like you were saying. With the, um, it's more of like a, you know, grayish green, probably to remind you of the river itself. Um, and then the double, just to make, um, there's you know some orange accents on the regular two hearted labeling, and they kind of go all in and saturate the orange. They sure do on the double. So I think that is to obviously on purpose to make it. <laughs> To connect it to Two Hearted, but also make it stand out on its on its own. Make sure that you know it's it's different. Yeah. So let's uh, let's crack that open and just kind of compare the difference in color. See if we notice any different in aroma. Should we go through some quick stats on this one as we open it up? Yeah. So what? It's a double American IPA. Yes. So 11% ABV mm-hmm. and the shelf life is half as long. Yeah. It's Look a suggested that. shelf life of only three months. Uh, this particular one again has a package on date, which is nice. So you know how long it would be fresh. Um, this was packaged a month ago, just over a month ago on August 22nd. So thank goodness we got it in time. Mm-hmm. And also as we're, as we're pouring, they say they use two and a half times the amount of centennial hops. So still 100% centennial hop, but two and a half times the regular amount of hop in the double two-hearted. Well, the little whiff I got, I believe it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just the smell of it. Mm. The it's nose is... It's much more pungent. Yes. I can actually get a little more of like the, the pine that they were... Describing from the first one, I kind of get that more on the nose. I do. On this one. It uh, is a little clearer. Yeah, it does look a little more clear. The color, I think the I think the color is about the same. Yeah. Um, but the, the clearness of it makes it stand out a little more. Yeah. Kind of gives the impression that it might be a different color because picking up, you know, colors from elsewhere in the room. Right. But I think it's the same color. I just think one is... The double is is a, a more clear. There's not as much cloudiness to it. Yeah. Well, cheers. Cheers. Wow. Yeah. Thicker. Yeah, definitely a thicker mouthfeel. More taste. I felt. Was, yeah. It lasted longer for mm-hmm. me. I'm not gonna <clears throat> get into the the front and back of the of the of the taste but like i feel like it it lingered longer yeah it's definitely more of an intense hop overall i mean that two and a half times you'd expect that yeah right so 
kind of the the bitterness I get from the hop on the finish lingers a little longer for me as well. Mm-hmm. And I and that's obviously from there just being more of it. Well, that's good. It's very good. Yeah, I definitely get more of that pininess in the the flavor profile, but I definitely lose fruitiness to it. Mm-hmm. And I think I think the regular two-hearted maybe has like a because it's a little more fruity, it, it feels a touch sweeter than this one. Mm-hmm. It's way more intense. <laughs> if you switch back to the regular two hard, does it taste like water? Uh, almost, yeah. I've been. What you won't see, since this is a podcast, is we have some water here. So I cleansed mm-hmm. my palate, went for the two hearted. Wow, a lot lighter. Yeah. Almost, by comparison, watered down. Almost like. Like, just because I felt like yeah. it's so much lighter. And it's not a watered-down beer. No, it's not. I mean, we had that one first on purpose, right? Yeah. I mean, you taste that, and you're like, oh, I was telling you, this yeah. is really good. Mm-hmm. But then when you go to this one, it's like, whoa, yeah. intense. Really gets you. Yeah. I, I, like, I like them both, for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd drink a ton of the double. <laughs> yeah, so I much heavier. I, I don't think I could drink a lot of the double. I think maybe, like... One or two in a night, and right. then I'm like, out. Right. You know, if yeah. I'm if I'm hanging out with with friends and and yeah, eleven percent. If I bring this, you know, to the hangout, and I have two of those, I'm I'm probably done for the night. Yeah. Whereas like two hearted, I can maybe go three or four yeah. over the course of the evening, and and be still an enjoyable experience. I think I would be, I would feel very full after a couple of the doubles for mm-hmm. sure. Definitely. Yeah, I feel like the, the two-hearted, you could just saddle up at a bar or mm-hmm. restaurant with friends or whatever and carry on with a few. But yeah. this one is definitely, for me anyway. A one and done? One and done or, or two if I'm not driving. Yeah. But that's that's good. So it's a double two-hearted. That makes it four-hearted. Is that right? I believe the math <laughs> checks out on that. <laughs> And what people are not seeing at home is Russ rolling his eyes at my stupid jokes. Very much so. Which I get some pleasure from. So so is there a big price difference between the four-hearted or double two-hearted versus the regular two-hearted? Yeah, so the regular two-hearted uh, you can find for, you know, $11 or so, $10.99 is what it is at you know, our local liquor chain in the Chicago area for a sixer for a six pack of mm-hmm. bottles the double two hearted is going to be in the neighborhood of uh, 17 to 18 dollars for a six pack of bottles so an extra seven eight bucks yeah so you're spending a little more to get more a little bit more of a beer so but I think I think the value is there for what the double two hearted is mm-hmm. if that's what you're looking for uh, and the value is obviously there for the regular two hearted as well I think that is a great price for a, a six-pack of a great beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Although I wouldn't be buying a lot of the Double Two Hearted at that price because <laughs> I'm a budget buyer. Yeah. But for special occasions, definitely would be getting that. Yeah. You buy one and you have it in your fridge for two and a half months because you don't want to hit that three-month mark. Say, if you were going to say more than three, I was going to call you out on it. Yeah, definitely not more than three. That's good. I'm a, I'm a big fan of both. Mm-hmm. I just have like pine and citrus heaven in my mouth right now. <laughs> it's like you're chewing on a Christmas tree. 
Not quite. <laughs> I always thought it was a fun... I, I mean, honestly, I think it's you funny. You thought it was fun to chew on a Christmas tree? No, yeah. Yeah, I made sure to avoid the lights so I didn't electrocute myself. No, I just... I, I just find it's funny when they start using the taste of it being pine. Like, how, what do you eat that's pine? Pine nuts. Oh, do you? That's a very common... Oh, is that... Yeah. Does pine nuts actually... Is, that, actually, is that really what they're referring to? <laughs> yeah, and they're nuts from a pine tree. Pine oh. nuts. Oh, okay. They, I've never had a very pine... very common in, like, salads and appetizers and things like oh, that. I don't know if I recognize... Some pastas love pine nuts. They're good. They're not super piney. They just bring, like, an extra little thing oh. to, the, to the dish. You should branch out a little bit more. I should. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, I should. My wife's been telling me that for years, because <laughs> I'm quite the picky eater. Would you eat pine nuts just like out of a bowl? That's not that. It's just more of a compliment to a salad type. Yeah, thing. I, I have not. I mean, if someone wants to, go for it. But <laughs> I have not. I've, I've had them in a dish. <laughs> well, I just think it's funny because I'm sitting here like, why would somebody describe something as piney a taste? Like, does people go up and just like lick a tree? Lick some like pine cones. <laughs> yeah, like pine cones. Or or maybe like the smell you get, or like when you, or the taste you get when you smell pine. Maybe that's what I was thinking. The description was okay. Well, thanks for setting me straight. Yeah, I feel like a fool, but you know nothing's new here. Yeah. Uh, all right. My homework bef- before the next one is to make sure I have some pine nuts, so I know what we're talking about. <laughs> so, I do have some other yeah two hearted news to share. Oh okay. In. In 2020, so next year, mm-hmm. Bells will release a lighter version of Two Hearted called Lighthearted Ale, <laughs> and it will be 3.7 ABV and only 110 calories per 12 ounce can. I don't know. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a craft beer, you might as well just go all out. You know, I think we might have to do like a revisit a revisit in 2020 i think we should when lighthearted comes out should we do all three or just do the lighthearted versus the two-hearted or the lighthearted versus double <laughs> oh my goodness i think the double is like a one a one-time release i'm not sure what the the lighthearted would be so we might have to wait till double comes around again so i think my mouth would explode going <laughs> from a light two-hearted or a light heart lighthearted to double yeah Double two hearted. Three going from three point seven to eleven. <laughs> but the light IPA is is a a new craze. Is it? The hipster craft brew aficionado gets a little older, they want something a little yeah. easier on their body. Locale. Yeah. You know, it's better for summer drinking. That's true. Than eleven percent beer. This <laughs> double double's a tough summer beer sitting outside in the heat. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, this is uh, this kind of weather right now. This fall weather is good for the yeah double two hearted. Why didn't they just call it one hearted? I mean, light hearted sounds nice, but I mean, if you got a number, one hearted. Well, it's the two hearted river, so they're going light. Yeah, it's better right. than light two hearted. Light light hearted is light hearted. Yeah, it's all right. Mm-hmm. Plus you get like, oh, it's lighthearted. It's easy going. It's easy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I gotcha. It's, you know, a pun. You love puns. I love puns. I live for them. Well, that's good. Do you have any closing thoughts on these two bad boys? Uh, they are delicious. If Seconded. I, if I'm going for 
one, I, I'm going to gravitate towards Two-Hearted Original. Is, can we call it Two-Hearted Original? Sure. Or should just, yeah, so I'm going to go towards Two-Hearted as opposed to the, the Double Two-Hearted. There's a lot of good double IPAs out there that I think are a little easier to drink than this one offhand, but at the same time, this is, is trying to capture what Two-Hearted is and go bigger with it as opposed to being its own double IPA. I think they nailed it for wanting to go with like a bigger version of Two-Hearted. But I think in terms of what I'm going to enjoy drinking more and more regularly, it's going to be regular Two-Hearted. Yeah. No, I agree. I couldn't put it any better myself. It's uh, both awesome beers. And if I'm doing everyday type drinking, Two-Hearted is the way to go. And then for just an extra kick in the in the mouth, you're going to want to go for the double Two-Hearted Ale. Yeah. It's interesting. Bell's uh, had it on their website as a seasonal August release, which... <laughs> really? If you drink it at the beginning of August, that's kind of a tough... I think that's kind of a tough sell. Yeah. I mean, unless you got your air conditioner cranking. It's not what what would what is the term your dad uses sometimes a lawn mowing beer. It's not a lawn. <laughs> it's not a lawn mowing beer. Definitely not. <laughs> he says for the thicker heavier beers, it's like eating dinner. This is more of a dinner. This is dinner beer. Dinner in a bottle. It's really good though. It is really good and smooth. Is it a little smoother, or is it just me? So my guess, and it doesn't the bottle doesn't actually say with the double two hearted, is that they also. You have to up the malt to keep the balance. Oh, okay. And so I would think if they're going two and a half times the hops, they would need to approach that with how much malt you put in. Maybe not approach two and a half times. I'm not a brewer. I don't know how these ratios tend to work themselves out. But they, you do need to add more. Otherwise, you get those big hoppy IPAs like like I was talking about with uh, five to seven years ago when the craze was just throw hops and hops and hops and mm-hmm. hops in to IPAs and and people were saying they liked them. I don't get it. They're trying to get as many IBUs as possible, even Mm -hmm. though the palate can only get up to 100 IBUs. (laughs) So you're getting beers that are saying they're like a thousand IBUs and how can you tell? Like what, what's the point? Yeah. But marketing. (laughs) Yeah. So the balance I think is still there in the double, which is, I mean, just goes to show you how well done this beer is and how good of a brewery overall Bell's is, is when they do decide to do something crazy like two and a half times the hops, they can still balance it out with malt and, and make it a very easy drinking, not overly hoppy mm-hmm. double IPA. Now, is this the first time this has been out? Yes. Or this year? Yes. In general, like for like this is the first time it was released. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And as it warms, as the double warms up a little bit too, because I've been drinking mostly the regular i do get a little more sweetness and i think that is from the extra malt that's in there and just being bringing out that full balance of yeah the i taste that too so it's like the natural sugars are kind of coming out a little bit more from the occur with the malt in it to bring that that balance and really it's rounding out a little bit better as a little warmer than i w- would have expected it to as well I feel like Raven Too Hard hasn't really changed much, but although my palate could be very skewed because of the double, mm. but I feel like the double has definitely changed a little bit as it's come up to a closer to room temperature. Not room temperature yet, but as it's warming, making its way to that point. Is that why the British 
have their beer a little warmer, so it brings out different tastes. Yeah, a lot of beers will taste different as they warm. A lot of beers will best consume at a certain temperature as well. So, for example, a lot of stouts will be best at around 45 to 50 degrees as opposed to, you know, right out of the fridge or something like that. Mm. Um, a lot of Belgian styles will be that way as well. They'll be better a little warmer around the 40 to 45 degrees because all the spices in those Belgian ales tend to come out a little bit more. They get really muted when the beer is cold, but as it warms, you get all those spices in those Belgians. So it's not uncommon for these heavier beers to have a different characteristic as they warm. Whereas like a Budweiser, as it warms, it's bad. Like you want it cold and it's meant to be cold. Yeah. What's funny is there's this bar in St. Louis. Well, it's on the other side of the river, so it's technically in Illinois. East St. Louis. Well, it's not East St. Louis. (laughs) Uh, East of St. Louis. Yes, East of St. Louis, not East St. Louis. East St. Louis proper. (laughs) Uh, And uh, their big advertisement is the coldest beer in town. And it is real. I've been there and... And I ordered a Bud Light because that's the kind of beer drinker I was at the time. And that was super, super cold. Yeah. Did you get a brain freeze? I didn't. It wasn't quite that bad. Okay. But I thought it tastes better than yeah. when it was, you know, when I just pull a Bud Light out of my fridge. So. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about, like, those macro lagers and, you know, Budweiser, Bud Light, Miller Light, even Coors Light in their marketing. It's like... Mountain cold, they put like the <laughs> the mountains go blue and make sure the beer is cold. Yeah. It's like the whole thing is like drinking that cold. Yeah. And they know because that's their beer tastes the best at that point. Probably because there's not too much complexity to the beer itself. No, so not much complexity in uh, Budweiser or Bud Light. Yeah, or you like Miller Light or Coors Light either. Let's not just leave yeah, it for no, that. No, no, no. It's not, no. I'm not picking on Anheuser Busch. Yeah, uh, they're they're all that that way with that that category of right. of beer. This is a good this is a good idea. Yeah, this is like fun. This. Usually, I've never done side by sides with an IPA before. I've only done side by sides with stouts. Yeah, a lot of like beer tastings. If you go to them with friends, you'll have like. Oh, here's you know two different vanilla stouts from different breweries. Let's drink them side by side and kind of compare the two and and see how they warm. And so it's like the same style of beer, but you get two different versions of that. So those are really those are fun. And I but I've never done it like I said with an IPA. I thought it'd be an interesting experiment with the two hearted and double two hearted four hearted. Double two-hearted, because it's a double IPA. Okay, so any beer news that you've come across? Well, actually, I happen to have read an article about beer that's made from poo water. From poop water. Well, poop water, poo water, what have you. Yeah. It's it's called Reuse Brew. Okay. And it's made using recycled wastewater. Okay. So, so it's not actually poop in the brewing process. So anybody at home who just heard poo beer and flipped off, uh, come back. I guess, I don't know, you would not know to come back, but, you know, maybe your friends can let you know. Stick with us if Uh, you hear poop and start to tune out. (laughs) Stick with us. It's not actually poop 
in the brewing process. It's It was actually just a one-time release in Germany, and it was kind of just trying to draw attention to fresh water uh, or the lack thereof due to climate change or pollution. Uh, there was a tech company that set up a crazy cool way to clean wastewater and to prove how good it was, they brewed beer from the result the resulting water, the, the recycled water that came from that process. Uh, and it even met, I don't know if people who are listening to this are aware, there there's something called German purity laws that are pretty strict as far as how a beer can be made in Germany. Right. This beer made from recycled wastewater met all of those strict standards. Yeah, so we should say the article that you're referring to was from CNET, um, CNET.com, and it was written by Andrew Gebhardt. The headline is, No shit, this beer was made from Berlin's recycled wastewater. <laughs> and the uh, subheadline is, I got a chance to taste the last bottle of reused beer, a beer made with Berlin wastewater with lots of high-tech equipment to clean it. So I think the, the the interesting thing is they had the this is recycled wastewater that they used to brew the beer. It was you know wastewater full of you know human feces and poop and all that that they cleaned. They didn't reintroduce it back into like a natural source. Right. They just cleaned the water and then used that water to brew beer with it. Right. And it it created quite a buzz. They they sold out pretty quickly and right. It's, as Andrew says in his article, he was lucky enough to get the last the last bottle that they had. The beer itself was a German style alt beer, mm-hmm. which is a you know copper ish color, typically lager style. Have you had any alt beers that you know of? I, I have, but I don't know what they were called. The one, the only one that comes to mind is there's a brewery locally here in the Chicago area in, in Oak Park called Kinslager. Oh, yes, they have. <laughs> They have an alt beer. It's just called their alt beer. Yes. And that's the one that I've that, that I've had. And that must have been the one I had, too. It's probably the one because you've been there. With, <laughs> we've been there together. So I'm a big fan of Ken's Lager. Yes, they, they do they do some nice uh, lager-style beers. And so so the, the big thing is it seemed like in reading Andrew's article, this process and making the beer out of this recycled water was a proof of concept more than anything else. Right. right. Yeah. In, in, in terms of limited releases, this is the most limited of limited releases. I don't think they have any plans to make more. At least the article didn't say so. Well, the article said they made vodka with the water and mm. wine, I believe. Mm. Is that... Uh, the beer itself, he said, was very, very good. Yeah, he liked it. Um, he liked it a lot, and his um, crew that was with him liked it as well. But he did say that the biggest thing that he, the biggest issue he had was got a tour of the plant first and just remembered how <laughs> the wastewater smelled when he first saw it and then couldn't get over the fact that that's what he was drinking. And once, <laughs> once he, he was very hesitant to take that first sip, once he did, he knew that it wasn't there, but he just it was just that vivid memory of that smell was lingering with him when he was trying to drink the beer. Yeah, I, I believe he said something about it uh, kind of smelled like he was in a room where about 10,000 people had pooped. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. And uh, and that was pretty much uh, spot on because there was a lot of poop in that uh, water they were recycling. The company Reuse is is actually the label Reuse. And they, they do make a vodka and a wine with the 
with the, the same process. So it's very interesting. I think it's just a way of, you know, purifying the same water and using it right away as opposed to reintroducing it into lakes and rivers and, and things and, and just taking that water and you don't even let those impurities get back into the river or anything like that. You just cut it off, get them all out. Mm -hmm. And then what are you going to do with the water? You make some nice beer with it, I guess. Yeah. There's got to be some practical applications for like being on Mars or something, you know, you got to think with astronauts going there and yeah, they're peeing and pooping. You got to recycle that, right? Yeah. And the, the article goes on. So it's a tech company that came up with this, with this process called a xylem. Uh, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. X Y L E M. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the point that's made is that there's only a finite amount of water in the world and there's more and more people. So this is an easy way to recycle water, wastewater into usable water again, and to make that finite amount of water last longer and, and be better for everyone. Um, I thought there was an interesting point in here that said, let's be honest, all the water in the world is has been recycled at some point, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I was like, oh, I guess that's right. Yeah. This uh, double two-hearted ale I'm drinking was uh, in somebody else's body at some point. Well, not this beer specifically. <laughs> no, probably not. Probably not this beer specifically. <laughs> there might be some problems Bell says if this beer was in someone's body at some point. <laughs> maybe, maybe the water that was used uh, for brewing. <laughs> Possibly. Would you try one? I would try one. I think it'd be easier to try one knowing the background and not touring the plant. Because yeah. he, he said the doing the the plant tour was the hardest part because it was like going on the world's worst brewery tour, <laughs> is what Andrew <laughs> said in the article, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> but if someone just handed, just handed me a bottle and was like, hey, here's, here's a bottle of beer that was made from recycled water, I'd be like, what does that mean? Like, well, we, it was full of poop. <laughs> And then they clean it all out and made beer with it. Here, have some it. I would be hesitant, but I would definitely try it and want to know more information as well. What about you? Do you think you would go for it? Oh, I definitely do it just for the story. Okay. Of course. Yeah. I don't even know if I'd be hesitant. I might just go. I mean, because, I mean, if you look at uh, the article, you see a picture of the beer. It looks legit. So I'm yeah. like, all right, yeah, let's try this. And then as I learn more about it, the next time I'm around, somebody new, <laughs> I'm telling them about the poo beer yeah. that I drank, and it was delicious. Or yeah. or if it wasn't delicious, maybe I'd leave that part out. But uh, what, what would your segue into that? <laughs> would you be talking about poop first and then transition to beer, or beer first and transition to, to poop? Uh, to bring it up in natural conversation, yeah. I might say, uh, bring it up after I came back from the bathroom. Wow. <laughs> Is it too on the nose? Yeah, it's maybe a little... <laughs> wow, I just uh, visited the bathroom. Hey, by the way, let me tell you about this beer I had. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> fun. <laughs> so, last episode, we talked about the Pabst Blue Ribbon hard coffee yes you recall that i do well apparently miller 
is jumping on that bandwagon and is created something called, oh, help me with this, La Columbre, La Columbre, hard cold brew coffee. Yeah, I don't, that sounds right. <laughs> I, hey, you were a, 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 weren't you a minor in Spanish? I do Spanish? have a Spanish minor from school. Yeah, La Colombe, that sounds, that sounds right. They are, I guess, a very popular coffee roaster. I'm not sure, you know, too much of the details. This isn't a coffee podcast, so we don't need to know about them <laughs> specifically. But uh, apparently they're a very, very up-and-coming and well-known coffee roaster that is also uh, partnering with Miller Coors to do a hard cold brewed coffee. The bummer part of this, there was an article in Food and Wine from foodandwine.com that talked about it. They will also, just like the PBR hard coffee, they are also not in the Chicago or Illinois market. Um, so, or even in the St. Louis or Missouri market where you could easily get some but they are in denver so if i had not moved from colorado we would not have this podcast well that's true we would not have this podcast but i would have possibly been able to try this hard cold brew coffee true so i guess the trade-off is i do like doing this podcast and hopefully the hard cold brew coffee market blows up a little bit bigger so we can try one day we will try hard coffee we're gonna have to yes we had to get, we got through White Claw Hard Seltzer <laughs> Summer, and now it's the fall, and I just want some hard coffee, and I can't, I can't have any currently. I have to make my own. That's right. Which is what you did with Hard Seltzer before they came in convenient White Claw cans. They were, it was called Vodka Soda with lime. That's true. Oh, man. I actually never had a White Claw. Or any of the hard salts. I got some up in my fridge after this podcast. Sounds good. Or do you want to do a third tasting on me? Nah, maybe not. Okay. It's black cherry. Is it? Is that, is that the best one? Uh, I don't know. I've, this one I've had. <laughs> I've seen rankings, and it's usually one or two in the rankings that I've seen. I think it's funny that uh, our uh, future friend of the podcast, Josh Noel, writes a lot or tweets a lot, too, about the hard seltzer, and that there was like... A faux outage or shortage of of heart of white claw. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. It's it's a big it's a big thing. I think it's here to stay in some form. I don't know if it's going to be as big as it is currently, especially now that summer's over-ish. ending or over. <laughs> over well, technically, ending. it's over because yeah. we we had the equinox. Or yeah. moral of the story is uh, I need to go to Denver. Yes, and get some. Let's drive tonight. Just switch off. Or we can go next week for the Great American Beer Festival in Colorado. And is that next week? That is next week. Oh my gosh. I think that's a good reason to go to Denver to try the La Colombe and then uh, hit up the Great American Beer Festival. Yes. Gabfa. I don't know if people call it Gaffa. That's how I always see it. Doesn't roll G-A-B-F. off the tongue quite as much as Fobab. Right. So, brings us to our next beer newsworthy thing is the Great American Beer Festival is happening October 3rd through 5th in Colorado. It is uh, the largest American beer festival. And every year, they, I believe it, 
it breaks its own record every year for number of beers poured. Uh, there are over four thousand beers, mm. uh, over eight hundred breweries. So it's it's definitely. I feel like it's a sight to behold in yes. there. Um, they have 107 categories for competition, many of wow. which have their own subcategories. So I think there's something of like 161 total categories and subcategories that you can meddle in. They give out gold, bronze, and silver medals every year. I mean, to be honest, one of those categories is non-alcoholic beer. I mean, does that really need a medal? Sure. I mean, there are people that want to drink it. There's a Missouri brewery that's doing non-alcoholic beer because the the owner liked beer but had an alcohol problem. And so he decided to do alcohol-removed beer so he can still drink and enjoy it. And when while my wife was pregnant, she got a few. And I must say, it's the closest I've ever tasted to beer that wasn't actually beer. Hmm. So, I'd like to go. I believe you said Fobab has significantly less breweries. Like, right. So this is eight hundred breweries or something. Fobab here in Chicago, the festival of barrel aged beers. Right. I believe last year it was something like two hundred breweries, and you know over four hundred beers were poured. We're talking ten times the number of beers. I can't even imagine. And Fobab is. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. crazy. Yeah. I wonder how the ticketing works for that. Do you get a ticket for just one day? Or do you, if you get a ticket, can you go all three days? I believe tickets are, are for one day. Oh, bummer. So There's no like, way you could try it. You have like five hours. They give you one ounce pours. Oh, and no. You, and you have five hours of drinking in the session. So it's a very, to win a, a medal is very prestigious. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. So. You know, like I said, it's next week from when we're recording the podcast. It'll be October 3rd through 5th. So maybe on our next podcast, we'll talk about some of the some of the winners, some of the noteworthy beers since we don't get to go, but we follow people who do um, on social media and we'll get to hear their insights on all the goodness that we're missing out on. Yeah. I read that the tickets sell out for, for in like four hours. Wow. I believe it. Did you uh you registered for Fobab? I did register for Fobab. It's does it sell out too? Uh, last I saw, it was not sold out. Okay. Um, all three sessions for Fobab were still available. Okay. Uh, if you'd like to come and hang out with with me and a few of my friends who are going, we're doing the Saturday evening session. Mm. So it's the last session, um, six to ten p.m. on Saturday, November 9th. So come on out and uh, hang out with us. I'd like to. I'll, uh, I'd like to maybe try to take some of my own notes for that, <laughs> but we'll see how that goes for a future podcast. You should probably take notes because uh, I don't think you'd remember afterwards. Yeah, I don't think all so. All the goodness that you partaked of. Well, that's about all the time we have for you in this episode of the 4E Podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and a glowing review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. That goes a long way to getting our podcast noticed. And if you're feeling especially charitable, tell your friends about it. You love beer, Russell? Yes, I do. Especially two-hearted and double two-hearted. Yes. I think we had, if I'm doing the math right, four, five, six hearts. Is that right? No. No. That is not right. Okay. We had a two-hearted and a double two-hearted. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Well, but I, I mean, love them both. I do. I, I do love them both. But no matter what beer you're drinking, enjoy it. But don't over-enjoy it, if you know what I mean. Yes, I know what you mean. That way, you can try more beers and enjoy those too. Don't think about beer. Don't think about beer. Don't think about beer. 